0: Come on, somebody, let's give another hand clap of praise unto the Lord tonight. I know it may be a midweek service this week, but, you know, there's some things that that I'm going to lay out onto the table tonight that is going to really make you think and make you make you ponder on. But I just want to open with saying there's a, a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. Before I get into my text, I just want to give honor to the pastor and his wife tonight. I want to give honor to my mother and my father. I didn't really get to give much honor to my dad on Father's Day. And I just want them to know how much I love them and appreciate them for always sticking by my side, no matter if I was in church or out of church. And I want to thank them for always praying for a son that was lost in this world to find my way back home. But before I get into my text tonight, I just want to share a little dream that I had, and I shared it with Pastor yesterday. And I got woke up out of my sleep about a week ago, and in my dream, I was in this dark, dark room. Literally felt like a blind man that was in a room that I couldn't even see anything. I was feeling around for light switches and door handles and windows, anything that I could find to get out of this dark room. And I kept searching and kept searching. I couldn't find my way out. The next thing you know, A tornado came through and ripped the roof off of this room that I was in. And immediately I woke up. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what the Lord was trying to tell me. I didn't know what the dream was about. Until a few days ago, I was on my way to work. And it was literally like the Lord was sitting in the passenger seat with me as I was just listening to preaching. I literally heard the voice of the Lord tell me that it's time that we start preaching about hell. So tonight I want to take your attention to Luke 16, verse 19 through, through 28. And this is all spoken by Jesus. And if you have your Bibles, it's all written in red letters. In verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of, school, full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then the rich man in verse 27 says, Then he said, I prayed thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have brethren that he may testify unto them, Lest they also come into this place of torment for a few moments. I want to lift the title of my message from the 27th verse of the 16th chapter of Luke. Where a rich man failed to do so in time, found time in eternity. But he prayed. All will pray at some point. And I pray thee therefore, Father, thou, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. And I want to preach to you on this topic tonight. A prayer request from hell. Pastor, if you could go ahead and pray over the word tonight. Go ahead and give the Lord another hand clap of praise as you go ahead and sit down. You see, it might this message might sound a little elementary tonight, but the, the truth of the matter is I'm in this to go to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven tonight. I do not want to go to hell. Have you, has anybody in this place ever heard of a phrase... Even if there wasn't a heaven, well, please don't ever be the person to say even if there wasn't a heaven because there is a heaven. We don't have a hypothetical situation that eliminates heaven from our life. Whether it be happening or hypothetical, I don't ever need a moment or day in my life that heaven isn't on the table. You see, well, even if there is a heaven, there are walls of jasper. There are gates of pearl. We have to go to a place in our mind where there are no juvenile detention centers. Our mind has to visit in a time of uh, turmoil where there is no cancer nor disease, no tears nor sorrow, no tomorrow nor morning, a place where there is only joy forever. I need to go to a place tonight where the sun never sets, where we serve him and worship him forever where there is no hospital or divorce courts, where there is no age, where there is no political conflict or racial tension. I have to go to a place tonight where there is no death, and I've got to know about heaven tonight. But see, if preaching about heaven doesn't get you excited, you're in a dangerous spot for the Lord. You see, Paul said it himself, shall descend from Heaven, with a shout, with the voice from the archangel and the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then ye which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we be forever with the Lord. But you see, he says in verse 18 there, he says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The words heaven bring forth comfort. To us, the question is Have we got so comfortable that we do not need comforted? Astounding you can talk about heaven and people just sit down. Have you fallen so in love with this life that heaven sounds great, but it's okay if it waits? You see, is heaven just what we use at funerals to ease the loss of someone that we've lost, or is there somebody on a Tuesday night that is going through a battle? That you've, never, that you've never been through before, that is in the heat of all the fights, and you said, Preacher, I'm going through it at home. I'm going through it in my body. I'm going through it in my mind. I'm going through it at the church. I don't even know what's going on, so Preacher, remind me again. I know it might not be for everybody, but I've come tonight for somebody fighting hell. Matter of fact, if you don't need to be comforted with heaven, I just wonder whether or not you're fighting hell because I need to be reminded that there is a place where joy, yes. come on somebody, where joy never ends. There's a place where comfort is forever. It's real. It's real. It's just a heartbeat away. It's just a blink of an eye away. Heaven is real. You see, if there's a subject preach on less than heaven, There's no doubt in my mind that tonight, but it's not the subject that you don't want to get popular preaching about. It's the subject that you won't be put on a pedestal about, but while we're told that we're too troubled to hear about hell, why bother about them? The cares of 2022, they're so abundant. The pulpit should be careful to speak of hell and add to the troubles of the world that the people and laity are in today. But see, so recall in the, the controversy, do you see the controversy tonight? Because on one hand, you're so comfortable that you don't have to be comforted, but you're so troubled that you can't be troubled. So perhaps the question we must ask ourselves is, are we comforted or are we troubled? Maybe the truth of the matter is we don't, We just don't want to hear about eternity. Maybe the truth of the matter is we don't want to be bothered with eternity. Just tell me how I can live my best life now. Tell me how I can live in good health now. Here's the bottom line, folks. This isn't the best life. You're going to get sick and you're going to die. But you see, the comfort of that is is that there is a gate that is made of pearl. There are walls that are made of jasper. There are streets that are made of transparent gold. There is a place beyond time. So tonight I come to bother you with eternity. I've come tonight to remind you that there is a heaven, but there is also a hell. There is no in between tonight. But you see, before we leave this place tonight, there are about 7 billion people that populate this planet. And of the 7 billion people on earth, there are about 51,028,787 that died last year. 51,028,787 people that are dying every year. But you see, if we break that down tonight, that is 4,252,399 people that die every month. 978,362 people that die every week. 189,805 people that die every day. 5,825 people die every hour ninety seven people die. almost a hundred people die every single minute. But you see, according to the research of Thomas French, there are approximately twenty five million oneness believers worldwide. So if we were to say that everyone who believed in one God was saved, it would make less than one fifth of a single percent of the entire world population that is saved. In other words, from the time that I started preaching until now, right now at a thousand people have died, there's a .005% chance that one of them was saved. You see, there's no other movement on the planet that is increasing at the rate at which hell is increasing. Scripture says that it is expanding itself. You know, I know that we want to hear about global revival, and I believe in global revival, but the truth of the matter is hell is actually having revival. You see, our society has turned the world, the word hell, into nothing more than a curse word. It's a joke. It's a word that the world plays with, and they mock it. They use the word hell to put it on a situation to emphasize negativity. But you see, my life is a living hell. I'm going through hell in that situation. Christianity-like manner has placed a big off-limits sign on the subject which I'm speaking on this evening. Trust me that preaching about hell doesn't make you popular. And it doesn't make you famous. Laity does not want to hear about things things like this that are going on in the world. They have enough problems and they don't need the burden of somebody talking about hell to them anymore. So the pulpit in Christianity feels some type of guilt for preaching on a subject that Jesus taught on twice as much as he did heaven. But this evening I'm here to refuse to have any ears tickled and not have my heart pricked. I'm tired of living my life and not being reminded that there is... Life or this life is as a vapor. So soon it will pass. I've come to remind breaking bread tonight that there is an end coming to the time of your life. And you will spend it in one place or the other, that our friends, our neighbors in the world around us, if they're not saved, friends, they will be lost and they will go to hell forever. Forever. You see, it's not just a a joke. It's not a a word that we want to use to emphasize negativity. It's way more than just something that we make something bad sound worse with. It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's a place that is having revival like mankind has never seen. But you see, in Revelation 20 and 10, it says, He has cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night for he forever and ever. There is no mathematical equation tonight that I can speak to you on that will allow the human mind to understand eternity. We are unable as physical beings to understand a place where there will be no time. Everything in our life is dictated and controlled by time. Time is that which binds us. Time is what sets us free. You see, eight hours on a job, it's a bad day. Just wait till five o'clock. But you see, that same eight-hour clock that holds you captive in that job, the same time that holds you prisoner, will be the same thing that releases you into freedom. You see, young people at school, And you're having a bad day, the teacher going on and on and on. Just glance back at a clock and it goes tick, tick, tick. But you see, the same clock that has you captive is the same clock that will set you free. Time, time, time. It's always been there for us. We are always captured by it. Prisoners too. You see, the psalmist even understood it too. For he said, weeping may endure in the night, but in the night I toss, and I'm tormented. I'm under control of fear, but you see, if I can just hold on till morning rise, because joy cometh in the morning, I'm in torment of a night, but there's rescue in the morning because salvation comes through time. You see, let the alarm clock ring again and wake me from this horror once again, I'll find dew on the grass to ease the dryness of the parched night. The alarm clock always has saved me. The second hand has always been my hope and my salvation. But if you can understand that there's a place where there will be no second hand tonight, where there will be no sunrise, where there will be no clocks, there will be no time, there will be no way out, you're trapped in this place forever forever. And ever you see, we can't comprehend it tonight, but if humanity could understand eternity, if your mind could understand, this is just a fleeing moment, and I know you're burdened by this message. I know it's so heavy, but give it some time. In 20 minutes, I'll be done, and I'll be done boring you, but see, and we, and when I'm done, we can go back to the lifestyles that we're living. We can go back to our mediocre lifestyles, but you see, for the next few moments, you're trapped in time, and you're trapped by the preacher with the microphone. But you see, there was something I could do or something I could say, an illustration of of a film or a drama, a sermon I could preach that would enable our minds to understand eternity If we understood forever, this building would be way too small. The new building that we're getting ready to move into would be way too small. Coliseums would not be worshiping, worshiping sports. They would be worshiping the creator of all things. You see, movie theaters wouldn't be worshiping actors. They would be worshiping a God that has created all things. If we could only understand forever, 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 folks... You see, everything that heaven is, hell is not. You see, the Bible says that there will be gnashing of teeth, terror, and loneliness, and it will go on forever. Darkness forever, wailing forever, weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. But we cannot comprehend forever. If man could comprehend forever... I need to speak to you tonight that there is a place in darkness that will last forever. And we wouldn't have to plead you to come to the front of the church. Or we wouldn't have to beg you to come to the altar. We wouldn't have to beg people to come to prayer meetings. We wouldn't have to beg people to fast for their families. But you see, the reason we have to beg and push our flesh is because our minds don't understand a place where there will be no time. Where demons are our companion in the flesh. Burns from our body only being replaced by new flesh over and over. We beg for relief in this place. For death to save them to only discover to their horror that they are immortal beings. And his flesh is burning and being replaced from his immortal body. The Bible says that they will claw into each other. There they will bite the skin from the bodies. Filth, it's a place of filth where the worm does not die. They are eating and screaming. To explain the agony of it is impossible. If you can understand tonight that there is a place, a nightmare that doesn't end, then the cries, come, give me just a drop, give me just a drop of water, but there will be no dew in the morning to parch the dried soul that is lost and damned forever, But you see, there will be no rescue from time, and it will not happen because it's forever and ever. Tonight, I can almost read your minds as a mom. Please calm down. You're going to scare him. The little guy's going to have nightmares, and I'm not going to know what to do. And it's not going to be, and it's just going to be horrible. No, 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 mom. No, 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 Dad, let's be real. Hollywood isn't holding back any punches. See, the last time I checked, Hollywood has filth pouring through the TVs. They have uh, adultery that's going on in every single television. There's blood, there's guts. Come on, somebody. P.S., they're not playing Mr. and Miss Potato Head anymore. They have ratings on their video games, and they are killing each other. There are aliens. There's ungodliness. Come on, hell has unleash nuclear warfare on this generation of filth and yet the pew says don't be too mean well there's nuclear warfare going on come on you want to get up here with a squirt gun I could get up here with a squirt gun and say oh it's okay it's all right la 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 grace and candy canes well, I could sugarcoat it for you but Jesus loves you but I'm not going to fight a nuclear warfare with a water gun tonight Come on, somebody. I'm going to call it what it is with no sugar on it. You have to be saved. You have to repent for your sins. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You're going to have to live holy and righteous. You have to get ungodliness out of your life or you're going to be lost. And you don't want to be lost tonight. Preacher, preacher, you have to get me to heaven. Tell me, I don't need to be doing the things of this world Tell me I don't need to be at that party. Tell me I don't need to pick up that bottle or smoke that joint because I don't want to be lost. But it's time us preachers start shooting things straight. His word says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Preacher, be straight with me tonight. Come on, somebody. The sign doesn't say massage parlor and spa. It says Breaking Bread Apostolic Church. Come on, somebody. This isn't a place that we're coming to get our massage and say, oh, yeah, yeah, right there. No, that's not this place tonight. No, no, no. This isn't a feel-good station. This is a salvation station. Come on, somebody. Aren't you afraid you're going to scare someone? My God, I hope I scare someone so bad that they run to the altar and change There, I hope I scare somebody so bad that you say, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to give God everything I got because I want to be saved above all. Come on, preacher. Please tell me the truth. You know what I feel in this place tonight? I feel hunger. I feel a hunger. What's in you is in our generation tonight. Don't be afraid. That is what they're looking for. They're looking for us to shoot them straight tonight. They want us to tell them the truth. Just tell me the truth. You see, if you went to the doctor and went into the office and you've been coughing the last six months and he scans your chest and he went back and the radiologist said, well, the lungs are filled with cancer. But you see, the radiologist and the oncologist get together and decide if you take a strong chemo for six months, then that you could survive. But you see, that same doctor closes the door to the oncologist and the radiologist to come into the room where you're waiting to get your results from. He thinks to himself before he enters enters in, and he says, I can tell him the truth, but it's going to ruin their day. So he comes in, he closes the door and says, You're okay, pastor. Everything looks fine. Just go on your merry way. You'll be okay. But you see, three months later, you're laying on a bed, and another doctor comes by and says, you have three months to live. You cannot be saved. You cannot have been saved three months ago, or you could have been saved three months ago with a stronger chemo. But you see, the problem is, you get so mad at the doctor that he didn't tell you the truth, you would probably go to your lawyer. You'd probably be so mad that the doctor only cared about your temporal feelings instead of saving your life. But yet we come to church, and we want the man of God to get up here and say everything is okay. Oh no, you're fine. You're lost in this world, but that's okay, saint. It's okay that you're lost in this world. But see, you have to decide what you want. Do you want to feel good right now, or do you want to be saved later? Come on, somebody. I have made up my mind tonight. As I look at my pastor and say, don't you worry about my feelings, pastor. Don't you worry about hurting my feelings. I made up my mind tonight. See, if you see one little bit of darkness in my life, pastor, I want you to tell me. I want you to help me to get rid of what I need to get rid of. But you see, tell me about the spot and tell me what I have to do to get rid of these things. Tell me what I have to do. Tell me whatever it takes because I want to be saved tonight. But you see, at the end of the day, That's all that matters. We just want to be saved, church. We want to be saved. We want to be saved. See, don't worry about how it makes me feel. Worry about getting kids to heaven. Isn't that your desire tonight? Because I don't want to be lost in this dying world. I don't want to go to that place where flames are burning and flesh all over my body. I don't want to go to that place where there's teeth ripping apart the flesh from my immortal body. You see, I don't want to go to a place tonight where I'm constantly falling in a sea of darkness. Trembling with screams as demons, as companions. I don't want to go to that place tonight, church. I don't want to go to a place that I can't be comforted by a sunrise. I don't want to go to a place tonight Where I'm alone and fear is all I know. I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go. I don't wanna be lost. I believe we can conquer or concur that hell is going to be a bad place. Do I need to go back? Do I need to revisit the terror? Do I need to talk about the flames again? I know you haven't heard it in a little while. But do we need to just agree that hell is a bad place tonight? Hell is going to be a really, really bad place. That burning of flesh and the flames on your body isn't the worst part of being lost. You see, the worst part of being in hell is not the darkness, flames, or demons. The worst part of being in hell is when you do what the rich man did. You see, the Bible tells us in the text we read, he lifted up his eyes, and while they were unaware that he was watching, hell looked up and hailed demons in comfort. The worst part of being in hell is knowing there are people in heaven that don't have a clue. You know what's the worst part about being in hell is when they look up and Brother Carl and Pastor John or... They bump into each other, and they have hair again. Come on, somebody. But you see, you laugh at that, but you see, if if Brother Carl and Pastor John bump into each other, and they have hair again, you see, that is a reason to shout. You see, because then I'm telling you that I don't know what is, but that they are together, and they are saying, this hair is great, but have you seen the walls? Come check them out. We we can actually run really fast now. Hey, look down. It's gold, brother. Come on, let's go. Let's go see Jesus. On the way, we will go by the mansions. Will we have a time when we get over yonder? What a time when we get over yonder that we're going to sing and shout. Come on, somebody. We're going to dance all about when we are over yonder. But you see, forever knowing, they never knew existed in time. Yes, you'll remember then when you're in hell. I know you can't remember everything right now. I know you can't remember every sermon because I can't. But you will remember them then. You will remember every sermon and every altar call. You will remember as it echoes through your mind and runs down your heart. You will see yourself in your mind's eye as you recall every time He came to your house and made the phone call. But you see, you will see every time he came by your pew trying to get you to the house of God. You'll remember the message tonight. You'll remember then. Let me tell you, the horrors of hell is the memories that echo through your mind. And you remember all the choices that you could have made. The difference your life could have been. But you see, the worst part of hell is knowing you didn't have to go Forever and ever. Tonight, in his loving and mercy, could reach his hand down into a place of horror. And this evening, if he could extract from that place of torment one person, my friends, if he could pull out one person from hell and grant them one hour, what do you think they would do with that one hour? If we could all close our eyes tonight. And just imagine this with me. I could I could tell you for sure that they wouldn't do what they wouldn't do. In that hour they wouldn't check their bank accounts. In that hour they wouldn't check ESPN and check for the standings of any sports game. But you see in my mind I I can't see them worrying about who had the latest who, who the latest celebrity is or the platforms, or they aren't involved in anything. They don't care. They aren't looking for anything other than but what's important to us now. But in my mind's eye, let your eyes close and see this with me tonight, church. That mercy has extracted a soul planted about a mile up the road from Breaking Bread Apostolic Church tonight. And if you look closely You can't tell whether it's a man or a woman because of the burnt flesh that just dangles from it. It's not standing still. It's running. It's running. It's running very, very fast. And as it's running in every step, it leaves a little charred flesh behind. But it cares not. It's running full steam, panting. What used to be tears, ducks, that tears running down them. It's coming closer. It's coming closer. It's coming here. But you see, I see it it bursting through the doors in the middle of this service. And as it bursts through, the, the stench of this thing is unrecognizable. As children begin to cry and mothers would cover their eyes and we all glance back, it doesn't care that people are talking about it. It doesn't care what they are saying. It doesn't care the picture it will post tonight after church. It doesn't care as I see it running. It fails to sit down on the back row. It won't pause, and it won't wait until the end of the sermon, and it won't wait at the middle row. But you see, in my mind, tonight I can see it running. And the front row is, isn't it the destination of this thing. No, 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 it comes, and it continues to run down the center aisle and throw itself at the altar tonight. It doesn't have enough time to wait on an altar call. It doesn't have time for anybody to prime him or get him ready, but he throws himself down and screams, somebody, somebody, oh God, whatever you do, whatever I got to do, just don't send me back to that place. Whatever it takes for me to be saved, I'll do it. Whatever you need me to go, or wherever you need me to go, I'll go. Whatever the price is, I'll pay it. I'll pay it, God. God, whatever you want me to do, whatever it takes, Just please, God, please, please, whatever you do, don't send me back. I'll live for you all the days of my life. Holiness, that's nothing. I will do it. But you see, as it begins to repent and the church begins to surround it and lift it up up to its feet, as I watch as his hands raise, tears flowing down the remainder of what once was cheek's, His eyes sunk in. The mouth opens and begins to speak. You see, he don't have ears to tarry. He doesn't have two hours to wait on the Holy Ghost. God, you have to fill me right now. Fill me. Moments later, his tongue begins to speak a language that no man understands. As the Holy Ghost comes on him, he begins to speak in another tongue's. He rises. He doesn't speak in tongues long. He quickly grabs somebody that baptizes. I don't need a robe. Just get me in the water. He jumps in the water, and in my mind, I just imagine he comes out, tears washed away from the water, the newness of life. He doesn't even take time to dry off. He just jumps out of the tank. He begins running in the same manner he entered. I don't have time to stay here long, people. Y'all already know, but my mom and my sister and my cousin, but before I go to them, I'll stop by and tell you, saints of God, that sometimes it really seems hard because you're different, but trust me, it's nothing compared to where I came from. I know sometimes the trials of life are heavy. I know it gets burdensome and weary, but trust me, there is no burden like being lost. Hey, live for God. Come on, somebody. Don't settle for anything. I'm not going to be here for very long, but please, 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 for those of you, why? There's pews up here in the front open. Why aren't you in the front rows? Please, please live for God. Then he runs through the doors as quickly as he entered them. Then we hear the slams of the doors, the aroma lingers, and the first person he sees, he doesn't care the age, the color, the gender, the social status is no value to him. He says, look, I don't care who you are. I don't care how rich you are or how poor you are. I just have to tell you I come from a place that you don't want to go tonight. Church, come on somebody. Whatever it takes, don't worry about anything else. No, no, no. We don't have the time to debate that. Just obey the gospel. Obey the truth. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Be saved. He knocks on every door and tells every person, live for God. Live for God. But you see, here's the truth. Never will the char-grilled remains of what was come knocking on your door, begging and pleading for you to live for God. What I just shared with you is just a fictional and totally impossible situation. You see, their fate has been sealed for eternity, an eternity we do not understand. While they may not be able to return in the physical But come on, somebody, that on a Tuesday night, we could turn the music off. We could turn our concerns off and tune our ears to the prayer. Come on, somebody, I wish you could hear them like I heard them earlier today. As I was studying this message, somebody was praying for me. And they prayed for me. It may not have been in Whiteland, Indiana, but somebody prayed in eternity for me. Somebody got up in hell and said, Indiana, or said, Preacher, you're going to stand in front of someone that lives next to my cousin. And you have to tell them, tell them about the flames, tell them about this horror. It's not, come on, somebody. I wish somebody would get this tonight. It's service after service about them being blessed and then prospering. But please just tell them whatever they do that they can't come here. Please, please. They go to high school with my granddaughter, and they never told her, please, preacher, tell them about the flames. They're praying for me right now. I can literally feel somebody praying right now in hell for you. Come on, somebody. It's like they're saying, preacher, go back. Go back and tell them. Go back and tell them more about the flames. You didn't do good enough. You got to tell them more. Tell them again. Come on, somebody. If we could all stand to our feet tonight. You see you got to tell them, tell them again, somebody's praying. So tonight, I'm determined to give it all. I'm going to give the remaining of this little bit that I have to answer somebody's prayer. I'm going to stand in front of Breaking Bread Apostolic Church tonight, and I'm going to do what hell is pleading to do. Please live for God. Please live for God. Please put away your unrighteousness. Please turn from your ungodliness. Please stop playing games with your religion. Please stop playing games with your soul. Please serve him with all you've got. Please, please, please. Come on, somebody. As I come to a close night, this altar's open. I wonder if you could just turn your ear and close your eyes for just a moment. You ought to listen because they're just, they aren't just praying for me to preach to you tonight. They're also praying for you. They're saying, please, 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 you got to tell them, please, you have to reach Whiteland. You see, you're going to put a little bit of money in the offering plate and it's just a little money, but you're going to send somebody and that somebody is going to save my family. Come on, somebody. As as a man of God standing here before you tonight. I got a brother that's not in this place tonight. We got family members that are in church but aren't getting taught the truth but you see don't be satisfied to be saved alone we got to reach our world tonight church I wonder tonight if there's anybody in this building. Your name has been screamed out from hell. They're screaming, tell my family, tell my family. I wonder if you would rise and run to this altar tonight and fall on your knees and answer a prayer. Say, you know what? I, I'm going to commit to telling somebody about Jesus. I'm going to commit to winning a soul tonight. I'm going to commit to making my life matter in eternity. Come on, breaking bread, as I was preaching, names were flashing before you, faces of people you've not told. But I've come tonight to tell you that's going to get different for you. You see, my life is going to be different. I'm going to look at every soul in a manner of somebody is praying for them. Come on, somebody, or the answer to someone's prayer request tonight. You witnessing is the answer to someone's prayer request. You being saved tonight is the answer to someone's prayer request. Be the person that answers a prayer request tonight from hell. But you see, 42,000 people have died since I've started. And only one soul has been saved. Tonight, I just ask you to go into intercession for your family. There's only one thing that heaven and hell agree about. And that is no one should go to hell. You see, they're praying that somebody will be a witness. And tonight we have to reach our families. Tonight we got to quit worrying about the neighbor that's sitting next to us. If we could all close our eyes tonight and make our way to this altar. As a body, I feel like we need to pray for one another tonight. To me, family isn't just bloodline. Family is everybody that's in this church. And if you're able, I want you to come to this altar tonight. And I want you to meet somebody at this altar. Join hands with these people tonight. Go into intercession tonight for these people at this altar tonight. So we all need somebody that we can lean on. We all need somebody that's going to keep us out of hell. Come on somebody. Come on mama, come on daddy. Come on brother, come on sister. Come on aunt, come on uncle. Come on grandma, come on grandpa. There's somebody that's passed on that you you may have thought went to hell that crossed your mind tonight as I was preaching my sermon. And I want. To, I just want you to know tonight that they're in hell, looking up right now, wondering why you're not going into intercession for the rest of your family. And I don't want you to come down there and meet them. If you go down and meet them tonight, if you lay your head to rest tonight and you fall fastly asleep, but you never wake up in the morning, you end up making your your bed in hell. There will be no way out. The Bible tells us that we can see things in hell that's going on in heaven, but the people from heaven can't come down and save us. So as we sing this song tonight, I just want everybody to close your eyes and lift your hands in this place tonight.